Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. It's somewhere shrouded in the mist at the moment, but it's come up on the radar, so we know we are getting closer. And we've seen a few of those um, land-type birds, like some penguins in the last half hour, and skewers, so we must be getting close. This is Gemma Welsh, Biodiversity Ranger for the Department of Conservation. Normally Gemma and her colleague Erin Patterson are based in the Chatham Islands, but as Erin tells me, they're here to do a specific task. We're going to be doing a full island sweep, um, grid searching back and forth and counting every single um, Antipodean albatross nest that we come across, doing a population survey. Is this your first time on the Antipodean? Yeah, I have never been this far south, so I'm pretty excited, nervous slash excited. I think there's going to be a lot of things that will blow my mind down there, but um, I'm a, a bit of a self-proclaimed um, plant geek, so I'm looking forward to buzzing out on all, all the mega herbs and things that I've never seen before. Oh, I'm delighted you're a plant geek. Yeah. I feel like there's nothing in the world. That's right. I, I agree with that. They're hard to find sometimes. There are some cool plants. Yeah. Yeah. Mega herbs. I, I have dreams about um, romping through gardens of mega herbs, so I hope I can live one of those dreams in the next six weeks. <laughs> and what about you, Gemma? Um, well, I, I am a self-proclaimed seabird nerd, so, um, so I'm just really looking forward to all of the new and some old friends, um, but mostly new seabirds that we're going to see out there, um, particularly the albatross, the Antipodean albatross, and especially the light-mantled sooty albatross. Especially them? Why yeah. especially them? I don't know. They're, they're, just, they're just a beautiful bird. They're kind of a sooty grey all over with a slightly darker head and wings and then these striking kind of white eyeliner around their eyes. So yeah, they're, they're just really stunning. In their day jobs, Gemma and Aaron work a lot together on the Chatham's predator-free offshore islands Mangare and Rangitira. They got shoulder tapped for this Antipodes work because it requires a few things. People that can live in remote places and, you know, handle working and living in close proximity to each other and um, not drive each other crazy, which I think we tick those boxes. Um, Yeah, so I think it is quite nice to know someone on this sort of a trip before. As we get closer, the mist starts to roll off the hills, revealing the main Antipodes island. We anchor offshore with a tall cliff face in front of us, caves at the bottom, which echo the sounds of the penguin colony at the water's edge. Behind us is the second largest island, Bollins Island, all sharp angles as it juts out of the sea. This time, the team is lucky. It was just a wait of one night for the swell to ease. The next morning, after sunrise, Gemma and Aaron are brought ashore with all their gear to join their colleagues and start their albatross work. The Avoi is also on pickup duty, so all the equipment and rubbish of the team of scientists coming off the island is brought on board. Four researchers from the Tawaki project have been here for the last six weeks. They've been studying requested in eastern rockhopper penguins. 
Amongst them is Robin Long. I catch up with her on the island for a quick tour, and she explains to me what it's been like to stay there. It's such a special experience to live in a place that it's still certainly influenced by human impacts, like the albatrosses are declining, the rockhopper penguins are declining, and that's almost certainly human's fault. But still, you're out in this ecosystem that is so much more real than elsewhere in the world. At night, it's never quiet. The penguin colony never sleeps. There's always petrels flying overhead and calling. It's, it's just amazing here. I love it. We're standing about 100 metres from the hut on the island, which is quite near the coast, and the penguin colonies you can hear in the background. There's a cut track that we've been following, but it's like nothing I've ever seen before. So Antipodes has some of the, the deepest non-forest vegetation I've ever walked through. This cut track here is very nice because it's as wide as we are, and either side of us the vegetation is a bit higher than my head. Other parts on the island, there are obviously no cut tracks and the vegetation is just sometimes higher than your head. And, and they're just big tussocks. Yep, we've got some grasses on this side, some sedges on this side. And the really cool thing about these is that as they grow, they gradually form trunks underneath them, so they end up almost like a small palm tree. And that means that when you're walking through them, sometimes you can jump from the top of one to the next and then you fall down in between them and then you're up to your eyeballs suddenly. I imagine that it's quite difficult to actually negotiate when there isn't a track. It can be very difficult. Along the tops of the island, it's not too bad. The vegetation's more like ankle or maybe knee-deep. Um, but around the coast, which is obviously where we need to go to get to the penguins, it gets increasingly difficult. It can be very, very frustrating with a pack. And as well as these like big, gnarly tussock things, which, yeah, you're over your head up to my shoulder... I- I can imagine trying to wade through these is intense. But are there also megaherb fields on Antipodes? Yep, we've got some giant anisotomies here and uh, plurophyllum as well, which is a daisy with purple flowers. Kind of looks like a cabbage. When you get up into the central plains of the island, it looks like there's this giant cabbage patch of those daisies with the anisotomies spread through them, which are a type of carrot. They're really, really pretty. So where are we standing right now? At the moment, we're standing um, kind of between Hut Cove and Anchorage Bay. And then in Anchorage Bay is our main study colony of penguins, which we can hear in the background. All right, shall we go down and, and see the penguins? Yep. Just a short stroll down the track, we get to the edge of a cliff overlooking a stony bay. Rocky platforms up from the high tide mark are covered in black and white bodies with spiky yellow crests. Most of these are erect crested penguins, though there are a few of the smaller eastern rockhopper penguins clustered together near the base of the cliff. This is our main study colony. And in this colony we have microchipped all 39 of the chicks from this season. And that way, hopefully in future years, we'll be able to find some of those chicks again by scanning their microchips. And from that we'll get some idea of fledgling survival which is one of the many, many things that has never been studied in these penguins before. When you say many, many things, we just don't know a huge amount about them? Uh, Yeah, so these penguins are the least researched penguins in the world at the moment. And that's due to their remote breeding sites? Um, Yeah, it's very difficult to get here. It's difficult to get enough money when you're a scientist to study a bird that's this far away. Yeah, just everything about it is difficult. 
And so the chicks are the fluffier brown ones? The chicks are the ones with some fluff left, yeah. Um, some of them are completely fledged though, but they're a much bluer shade of black than the adults, and the crests are much smaller. But yeah, the, it's cloudy now, but on a sunny day, they're quite strikingly bluer than the adults, which is quite convenient when we're trying to count them. I mean, do they form a nest? It looks like they're just kind of hanging out on the rocks. Not really. They do, to some extent, collect a few bits of tussock and a few rocks and bones of their less lucky relatives and kind of pile them up. Um, but mostly they would just sit on a piece of rock with their egg between their feet. Robin and her colleagues have been busy. They've used drones to count penguin colonies on the island and done ground counts for nests too. They've also used dive loggers to track the penguins' daily food commutes and satellite tags to track where they go across longer time periods. All of this research and what they're learning will be in an upcoming Our Changing Worlds episode, so listen out for that one. Today, there are other island inhabitants to introduce you to, such as the flubbery bodies lazing around on the rocks, once all but wiped out due to the activity of sealers, making their comeback. They were certainly hunted pretty close to extinction. Um, And yeah, now there's heaps. Around Christmas, they started all having pups out on Reef Point. There's suddenly tiny baby pups everywhere, which is very cute. And then, since then, there's just been more and more on all the beaches every day. And I can see what looks like a very large moving rock as well. Yep, this is also a haunt for elephant seals. So typically, there will be a few giant elephant seal sausages lined up on the beach. Sometimes the teenage males are down here fighting, sometimes out in the water as well. And they'll also haul out in Hut Cove, where you landed, lie around there. There was a very, very fat one this morning. I did see one there when we were landing. It had really kind of bulgy eyes. It's got very intimidating eyes. Yeah, and they're red around the iris, which is slightly creepy. What an amazing place. And then out in the water? These are giant petrels. They seem to hang out there most of the time. Any given day, if it's not particularly stormy, there's about 100 giant petrels sitting just offshore, like a flock of ducks. And I wonder if they're waiting for our penguin chicks to go to sea for the first time and try to catch them when they can't swim very well and have a wee snack. It's just brimming with wildlife. And look, if you're not yet impressed with the several types of albatrosses and the penguins and the cool plants and seals, well then the Antipodes has got another ace up its sleeve. Some local pranksters. So, ah, there's a parakeet behind you. (laughs) There is. It's trying to break into the toilet. Do they do that often? They try to, and we try to keep them out. So there's two types of parakeet here, which I think is amazing for such a remote island. There's the Antipodean parakeet, which is the larger one, and the very cheeky. It's basically like a small kia. Um, And they are one of few parrots in the world that eat meat as well. So you can often see them chewing on dead penguin chicks, dead seals, anything delicious like that, but also tussock and seeds and stuff. And we have to be careful not to leave windows open in the hut if we go outside because they'll come in and investigate stuff. When you're sitting on the toilet, suddenly one will pop its head around the door and see if it can come in. 
And that one that was just uh, there on the toilet trying to get in, which one was that? Is it the Antipodean one? That was Antipodean, yeah. So the Reichex, um, they have a red crown, although apparently they're more related to the yellow-crowned parakeet. Um, and they're much shyer and a little bit smaller. And they don't eat meat. They'll hang out and eat seeds and tussocks and stuff like that, but no dead seals. It just seems really unusual to see... Well, first when I landed in there was a pipit on the cove, and then now to see parakeets when all around you're just looking at tussock. Yep, Antipodes is that place where you can see an albatross swooping above a penguin with a pipit beside it and a parakeet next to that. It's special. You can feel it. Which is why, in the winter of 2016, Doc undertook a massive logistical project with one goal in mind. To rid the main Antipodes island of house mice. Years after the results of their labour are evident, especially for the land invertebrates, spiders and insects. So last year, when I was here, I was still doing my masters, which was on spiders back on the mainland. Um, but one of the professors in the department I was in studies beetles. So he asked me to look out for beetles here. And he actually did a, a big entomological survey back in 1998. So he was really interested to see what would be around post-mouse eradication. So partway through the trip, I was feeling bad for not having looked for beetles yet. So I walked outside the hut. I turned over the first piece of wood I could find, and underneath was a beetle. And I sent him a photo, and it turned out that that was the first live specimen of that species ever seen on main antipodes. So he had found them on bolans when he was here, which was always mouse-free. But on antipodes, he only found, like, chewed-up remains. And then this year, I've been requested by Doc to collect some invertebrates, and I've managed to find a few of those. And they are an undescribed species of Loxomeris beetle, which is the genus is elsewhere in the subantarctics. But hopefully now they can finally be described. Thanks to Doc Rangers Gemma Welch and Aaron Patterson and Robin Long of the Tawiki Project. This episode was produced by me, Claire Kincannon, with help from Phil Vine and Ellen Rikers. Sound engineering was by Mark Chesterman and Tim Watkin is executive producer of podcasts and series at RNZ. Our webpage is at rnz.co.nz slash ourchangingworld, where you can sign up to our monthly newsletter. And if you've got feedback for us, you can email ourchangingworld at rnz.co.nz. Tēnā koe i mai. Thanks so much for listening. Ko Clark and Kananaho. Have a great week. Kia pai, te wiki. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free. Or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.